Monday Showfire Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Carmen. Got the co-host here, the immortal downtown Brown. Hey, hey. How's it going, brother? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. This is a fun week to talk about. I've been I've been counting down the days to this show. Actually. It's crazy. Like this, as dynasty owners, like we can openly say, it's so fun just watching stuff come through because <laughs> it just oh, yeah. it changes so much for your teams. Like it just absolutely. I've been so busy on the trade wire. I've been like, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. But yeah, yeah. Fun week in March. I mean, March man is coming up too. On top oh, yeah. of it, it's just oh my goodness. I we're gonna run out of time. <laughs> I got my uh, final four picks. I'll let your expert friend dissect those for you later on. All but right. uh, I did a free. I did a free pool on DraftKings. I think it's like sixty thousand, something like that. So let's see if I win some cash on nice. my DraftKings uh, free March Madness pool. But I guess we'll get into it this week. Um, we won't spend too much time on last week's MMA performance because whew, we swung for the fences and had some big misses. Um, McKenney was actually doing really well, and then he, he looked like know, a that, beast. Like, dude, he, he remember he took that and he took that fight on ten days' notice, right? So like, he's gonna be really good. But uh, Marias, I don't know. He's starting to get chinny now. He, he's down, knocked, got knocked out a couple times. So I'm probably fading him in, in future picks um but we can get into this week because this week do you remember when i said that that colby covington card was among the easier cards to pick yes so i, I kind of feel that this week is uh almost as easy to believe it believe it or not i i there's actually some dogs here um that are gonna probably win and i think win pretty pretty easy this is in london this is an o2 arena London card, and I've got a I've got a five leg parlay. Okay, five like legs, like five legs. Yeah, so I'll kick it off with number one. Uh, we're gonna go with a little home cooking. Sure, he's a plus one hundred right now, but I'd say you probably need to bet him soon because he's gonna end up being a minus soon. He opened up. He opened up uh, as a plus one fifty this morning. Who is he's that? Already, you said sure. Uh, Sure, yeah. Uh, Jack Shore, I believe is his first name. Uh, he's from England. He opened up, I think, as a plus 150. He's now a plus 100. He's actually – he's probably in the minus at this point. <laughs> so okay. if you can get him in plus, take him now. Um, my other guy is uh, Paul Craig. He's a, he's a plus 150. Now, do you remember who I said could be a player in the middleweight division? Uh, a young kid looked really good two weeks ago. Uh, you're going to have to remind me. Jamal Hill. Do you remember him? Okay. So he he lost to Paul Craig. Paul Craig actually snapped his arm. Ooh. So Paul Paul Craig is another one. He's a plus 150 right now. Come Friday, I can't guarantee he'll be a plus anything. He's from uh, Scotland. He's a beast as well. On the he's a he's a he's a true specialist. Craig is a submission specialist. So if this fight stays standing, he he might not win. However, Craig has just got a sneaky way to getting things to the ground, and he is a wizard with jujitsu. So I like Paul Craig at plus one fifty. Now we'll get into the favorite picks. 
Meatball Molly McCann. She's a minus one thirty. She's from. She's also from England. I think she wins in front of the home crowd quite decisively. She's probably going to win a decision. Not much, you know, knockouts of finishes in the women's division, but I think she wins uh, by decision. Now, the most exciting fighter on the card is Patty Pimblett. This guy is named Patty the Batty. He is like the big, big news for London, England. Like he's like their version of Conor McGregor as far as how hype train is going. So he's a minus 490. So it's going to hurt your parlay a little, but having five legs will help you out. And I say Patty Pimblett finishes this fight inside the distance. I don't think this fight goes, goes all three rounds. And then last but not least, this is a guy who I've told everybody to jump aboard and uh, bet him as a futures for heavyweight champ, and that's Tom Aspinall. Believe it or not, he opened the week at a plus 150, Aaron. He's now a minus 120. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah, he's he's definitely a guy I got my eye on too. I got some bets. I got I got some I got some money riding on on Aspinall. I like him ever since you started talking uh, about him. Yeah, he's got all the tools. He's quick. He's big. He grew up in jujitsu. His striking is now there. Now he's got a tough task ahead of him. But for your future bets, I'm going to tell everyone right now: bet him now for your futures before he wins on Saturday night. Because when he wins Saturday night, he's then going to be a top five heavyweight, and your your odds are going to shrink considerably. So I think if you get him now at a high high spot, go ahead and take him. Because if he beats Volkov, which I think he does, and I think Vegas is showing you that he opened at a plus one fifty, he's now a minus one twenty. So what's that? A seventy point swing? Like that's kind of crazy when you, it's only Tuesday. Right. Right. Okay. So that, that's my it. that's my uh, five leg five leg London England. We're going five legs O two Arena England. Nice, nice. I like it. Um, and a couple hometown fans in there too. A couple of them are underdogs as well, being from England. So that's like, you know, I did notice. You know, if you watch some of those McGregor fights, those crowds just go crazy and chanting and stuff. That's kind of like, you know, equivalent of like home field advantage to like sports teams, right? Like, I, I feel like it's got to get your adrenaline running. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think those crowds are nuts. Like, England, the Irish, those two fan bases, they travel well, and they, they at home, they're even, like, mo they're more nuts. Like, so, yeah, getting sure. I bet if you pulled it up now, sure is probably a minus at this point. I mean, I, I locked him in at plus 100, but that was earlier today. Well, he's probably a minus money at this point. Um, and then, uh, you know, Patty Pimblett, if if I were to say the one guy I'm the most sure about, it's Patty the Batty, and I think he wins inside the distance. So if you want one solid bet, I'm going to say Patty Pimblett. If you want to do the parlay, I'm comfortable with all five legs. If you want to do a three-leg parlay and you want to go sure Craig and one of the favorites because your odds are going to be better, then go ahead and do that. Take sure Craig because they're both dogs. They won't be dogs come Friday. I'll tell you that, though. So you should probably bet him soon. Okay. Nice. Nice. Or even, you know, get creative with the round robin, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get creative with a round robin. 
or if you want to do a captain mode, you know, on your DraftKings lineup, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing Craig up there as your captain because he's going to be probably your biggest dog out of the group I gave you. And then it gives you the length, the, the width to get the rest of those guys in there. That's been on him. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. So before we get into all the craziness in football, what do we got next, Mr. Brown? All right. So I hinted last week, hey, we got a big week coming up with um, March Madness. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get I couldn't get um, the guest this week to kind of um, hit it off with, um, you know, our first round. Um, I think he's going to make it with us maybe during the sweet, sweet 16 time. But luckily, I do got a couple of his uh, his picks. Um, shot him over to me today. Um, he's been busy traveling and whatnot, so we couldn't really link up before, you know, with Selection Sunday until now. So, fortunately, couldn't get him on the show, but I got I got a little bit of some inside knowledge from him. So, um, I'm gonna kick it off. It's not a it's it's not a lot of games. Not you know, it's not gonna be the whole round, but just a couple sneak sneak peeks or some games to look at in this first round. And like I said, we'll try to get them in in a little more detail as the tournament continues in, in the next couple of shows. So starting off, um, starting off first game uh, he wants us to look at is if, if you're looking on the betting side, he likes LSU minus four. Okay, they're playing um, Iowa State. Iowa State turns the ball over 20% per possession, right? LSU forces turnovers on 25% of possessions. So um, basically he's saying, hey, Iowa State's weakness plays right into LSU's hands. So that's his first um, sneak peek, um, being that it's, uh, you know, they're also favored. Um, and he's saying, you know, take the minus four. If you're on a, on the bracket side, go with LSU. But if on the betting side, he likes the minus four as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I liked Iowa State off and on this year. They, they're a weird team because sometimes they like put it all together and they can be dangerous, especially defensively. They, they do, they play good team defense, but I, uh, I love his point as far as the turnovers are concerned because LSU is one of the better teams at causing turnovers and Iowa state seems to be turnover prone. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good analysis there. So keep your eyes on that game. Number two is Colgate. So, uh, you know, that's a team I haven't, you know, the only time I see that is when I'm brushing my teeth. So, um, it's funny, uh, another betting one. So it's not really too much on the bracket side, but he likes the plus seven and a half points Colgate, um, saying that, you know, they have a methodical offense, um, that has the ability to space the floor out and knock down some threes. Um, Wisconsin has, uh, has played above the net. Uh, Netkin Palm ranking all year feels like a spot they can struggle with Colgate. So, um, kind of a sneaky cover there. Um, like I said, you know, bracket wise, he, you know, he's saying he, he likes to cover the spread. So not, not necessarily saying to take them as, as a win and beating Wisconsin. Um, but he likes them to cover. Okay. All right. Well, Oof, man. Uh, it's a Wisconsin. big take. Big take there. <laughs> That's a big take because I think Wisconsin is – I mean, they got bigs. Yeah. It's great. If, you, if Colgate comes out and can and knock down threes, then I think it, I think his point's spot on. If yeah. Wisconsin feeds the ball down low and just monsters them, it could get ugly real quick. So, yeah. We'll see. 
All I'm right, not going dis- right. to He's the expert. I'm not going to disagree with him. I just, <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm picking Wisconsin in my bracket. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, as far as the plus seven, ugh, that's tough. But yeah, I, I see his point on that. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read this one a little, little more lengthier. Um, surprise me actually, because this. I know personally, uh, this guy, he, he really follows Purdue. So it's, it's surprising to hear some of this. So um says for Virginia Tech is his favorite 11 seed to make a run uh, to the Sweet 16. Um, the 13 and two over the last 15 games. Um, if they pass Texas in the first round, they have a good chance to beat Purdue. Uh, he claims Virginia Tech's four and five, fours and fives. Or I'm sorry, four and five or are athletic bigs who can step out on knockdown uh, threes as well. Okay, so I didn't, I did not know that. This would force Purdue to go small or pull Eddie away from the basket. Either case, that allows for an open lane for uh, Virginia Tech. So um, that's a really good analysis. So that's that's saying if they can pull uh, the first upset over Texas, he actually loves them against Purdue, which, um, like I said, I know, I know Purdue is a, a big time favorite this year, but they kind of got knocked in a hard bracket. But if you're looking for an upset alert, um, 11 seed, that's, he, that's his favorite 11 seed in the tournament. All right. Well, I got Virginia tech winning round one, but I have them losing a Purdue in round two. So, okay. I'm, I'm with them in round one, but like, around two, I think Purdue, I think talent, I, and, you know, my strategy when it comes to brackets is I usually go pretty chalk heavy, um, which if you've looked over the last several years, the chalk is typically in, in the final four. But um, I, I'm, I'm pretty chalk heavy this this year, too. So I got Vatek with the upset. I think it's an 8-9 matchup. No, it's 11. Sorry. Uh, I got Virginia Tech winning the opening round, but I do have them losing to Purdue. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was an interesting take, but um, looks like he's done his research or, or you know, also watched them all year. Um, I do like the fact that they've won. Um, you know, they're they're thirteen and two over their last fifteen games. So that's a that's a pretty big run. So, um, and a team to keep your eye on there's uh, Virginia Tech, but that is a tough bracket. Like you know, having having um, you know, some of those those big dogs in that in that division is pretty tough this year in that bracket, but yeah. um, last team to bring up, um, he's got Villanova to make final four. Um, he said they have veteran veteran leadership. And the biggest thing is they shoot 82% from um, free throw free, as a team free, free throw percentage, 82%. So when the, when the game comes down to the wire there, you know, they will close it out. Um, Nova already beat Tennessee this year, and uh, he trusts the veteran leadership behind um, Colin Gillespie uh, to get Nova Cats past the young and injured Arizona Wildcats. So um, that's a good take. And I think the biggest point with that is the free throw. So everyone knows watching March Madness that most of those games come to free throws, and if it comes to a free throw battle, Villanova is going to come out on top, showing 82 82% is like awesome. So um, I like that take too. Well, I love that take. Do you know why I love that take? You have it. <laughs> I have Villanova in the final two. So okay. They're in my final four and I got them in the final two. Um, so I love Vill- I agree with them. Villanova is definitely the veteran presence. Like this is like old hat for that team at this point. So 
I like it. I like the idea that like game gets tight. They can stink free throws when it matters. I agree with them 100% on that. Uh, and on that note, I'll just throw out my final four and uh, he can dissect it and give you his take on it later. So I'm going Purdue, Gonzaga, Kansas, Villanova. And I got Gonzaga and Villanova in the final. And I got Gonzaga finally coming through and winning. With Gonzaga, okay. All right. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, you know what's funny? I actually don't remember my finals. Um, but I will I will pull it up real quick. What do I got? Final four. I got Duke, Kentucky, Villanova, and Creighton. I got oh, Creighton boy. making it through. So um with hey, some Aaron, up, do me a favor. What Do you me got? a favor. Uh, print that out, and then wrinkle it up in a ball and throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I have them upsetting Auburn. Um, <laughs> I have an I have Creighton upsetting Crane. Auburn. Creighton's good this year, man. Them and Providence are like really coming through this year. But I, I, um, it's just one. You know, I always like to have a, a couple gamble brackets where I'm like, all right, let's get one of those smaller schools. Uh, I'll to, be honest with it. you, I'm permanently uh, scarred from Kentucky. Uh, I I used to pick Kentucky like every year when Calipari was their coach, and uh, they've always like somehow managed to screw it up. Uh, so I permanently will never pick Kentucky to go to a Final Four. Kentucky and Michigan, those are the two teams that have permanently like scarred my mind <laughs> that I will never ever pick. I I picked Michigan to go to the Final Four so many times when they were like an elite program. Yeah, they continuously let me down. So. I'm with I'm with you coming from Iowa. You know, I never. You know, it was tough. You know, I learned the hard way many times. Or like, I think the, I think after many years of having them to the Sweet 16, I, I just stopped at that. You know, so I, I I maybe got them like winning first round in, in different years, but I just like put no faith in Iowa. Just you know, back in those days, like a lot of those days is when, you know, the Chiefs were no good. I was no good. The Cubs were no good. So I just like my bets were no good with them. So <laughs> uh, I kind of did the same thing with Iowa teams. But, hey, they pulled off an impressive win winning the Big Ten um, over the past weekend. So that's what they do. They send you up. They send they you do up, it. Aaron Brown. Yeah, they, it's all, that's how all my, my sports teams used to be. They used to like play with their com- competition and then uh, just rip your heart out at the end. <laughs> Yeah, that's how Michigan is with me. Michigan is like, I'm done. Ever since Michigan, that Fab Five team lost to <laughs> freaking Christian Leitner and Duke. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I want to puke. <laughs> I want to puke. I want to puke thinking about it. Wait, was, right, it well, was it Leitner and Duke that they lost to, or was it Montrose and North Carolina? Now I can't remember. Hey, you're the you're the um you got seniority over me right here, so that's like a little before my time. Yeah, I think, so. <laughs> they lost. They lost when they weren't supposed to lose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But, oh yeah. They, I mean, I know that story where you know that's actually didn't that create so much bad blood between them? Like, were they a lot of them like stopped talking to each other and whatnot? Yeah, for a little while it became ugly, but now they're all pretty much good. But I mean, they transcended basketball at that time, like. Here come oh, yeah. these kids. Here come these kids with it. It's a really good watch if you watch the ESPN. Uh, I think it was a thirty for thirty on the Fab Five. Yeah. Here come these kids like with the saggy basketball shorts, like just brash, throwing up alley oops, like off the backboard. Like this was not <laughs> what 
this was not what college basketball was about at the time. So like every kid in America was like, I love, you know, Michigan. I happen to be one of those kids at the time. That's just yeah. how old I am. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll get off the uh, college hoops. You can let your friend dissect my Purdue, Gonzaga, Kansas, Villanova. Gonzaga beating Villanova in the final. Um, and then uh, I guess we'll get into uh, the hot topic. We'll, we'll, let's, I mean, it's almost like the hot stove here. Yeah. With the NFL. Dive right in, man. <laughs> yeah, let's dive right into it. So my friend at work, when he heard this news, he said he almost took his coffee mug and threw it through the television. <laughs> I'll preface that with saying his wife is a diehard New York Jets fan <laughs> and is about as sick as guess who. Sorry. How sick, yeah. How oh. sick how sick of this individual do you think she's seeing? Oh, yeah, I mean, wait, I'm I'm not sure you you're saying your your colleague? Co okay, let me rewind. Co- okay. Co worker. Said he almost threw his coffee mug through the television. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, definitely being a Jets. Anybody Die from that. Diehard Jets know. fan. <laughs> yeah. When this oh, news yeah. hit the wire, was like, change the TV. I'm not watching this. <laughs> so who, what are we talking about, Aaron Brown? Oh, yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. So, yeah, uh, definitely the Tom Brady news. Kind of <laughs> like, you know, kind of sh- shook the, you know, the world a little bit. But at the same time, I think a lot of people kind of knew in the back of their their mind that it like, hey, it's not over till like the season starts, right? Like they, I think everyone kind of had a a small feeling that he may make a return, you know, because he didn't fully do a, a true, you know, sign off and 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 whatnot. So, um, but you know, besides that point, yeah, I mean, what can what can you say coming back? You know, another another year with Tom Tom Brady, we got a, 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 at least another year with him. Yeah, I I made this point at work the other day when I said most guys typically retire when they're on the down the downswing, right? Or their their skills are starting to deteriorate and they don't look that good. It was odd that Tom Brady was retiring after having thrown the most yards in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? no, yeah, to that point like Peyton Manning like made it clear. He's like, "Listen, I'm gonna give it up when I when I know my abilities are are um you know, phys- I'm physically not there anymore." And you know, he kind of saw that towards the end of Peyton's career, where you know he wasn't, he couldn't, you know, huck the the ball downfield anymore as far you know and, and things like that. So yeah, to your point, Brady throwing like over five thousand yards and forty three touchdowns last year. Um, it's pretty you know pretty solid year. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. So from a so from a dynasty perspective, since we, you know, we're a dynasty heavy show, and uh, uh, what we're a dynasty heavy show for the off season, right? So from a dynasty perspective, if you were a Brady owner and you held them, you're pretty happy, right? If you were a Brady owner and you got rid of them. You're absolutely beside yourself, right? You probably, yeah. If you got rid of him, you probably felt almost just as mad as the same guy who bought the last um, Brady touchdown football for $500,000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Ooh, that's probably like equally mad. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> How would you feel if you were that guy? <laughs> probably yeah. about the same. <laughs> so I guess from a dynasty perspective, what's your take on if you if you were to own Tom Brady in Dynasty, Aaron Brown, what are you looking to achieve this year with him as your dynasty quarterback? Um, you know, I think I think you look I think you expect him to have a similar year from last year, right? Like you still, you know, we talked about it last week. You got Godwin back, you got Mike Evans. Um, you know, Gronk's probably gonna come back. Um, you know, now because of that, you know, that's probably the next news we'll hear that Gronk will probably run it back with him. Um, they also, I think, I believe they just traded for uh, was it Baker from the Patriots? So he's got one of his, he's got one of his Patriot guards from the from the past, uh, yeah. blocking for him now. So they're upgrading their offensive line. So I think he's gonna have a very similar year that he did last year. You know, I, I think you just. You know, 5,000 yards is not off the table again. Um, you know, 40, 40 plus touchdowns is not off the table again. So I think, I think he can repeat it. I don't think he's going to, if he does worse, I don't think it'll be, you know, much worse. I think it's still going to be in those same realm of, of numbers. So, um, but you know, it does kind of relate back to what we said before, like have a backup plan. You know, if you, if you're fortunate, fortunate enough to keep him, and, you know, think he's coming back, then, you probably already had a backup plan, but if you don't, I mean, you definitely got to figure it out what you want to do, right? Like what type of trade you're going to be looking at in the future or who you're going to sign in this year's draft or, you know, draft in this year's, you know, rookie draft. But, um, you know, I look at Brady the same. Yeah, I think you own Brady and Dynasty. If your team is a win, like if you think you're a top three team, then you hold them. If you don't think you're a top three team, I think if you're hovering around that six, seven, I don't know, you know, in the middle of the road, then you deal into a team that's trying to make a top run. And uh, I think, and uh, I mean, you're not going to get much for him. I mean, uh, that's, that's the tricky part. You're not, I mean, I think you get the best offer you can for him on the table and then you probably do it, but yeah, it might be more like, you know, you know, take your chances trying to make the playoffs with them. You know, maybe if your team's already, you know, even if you don't think you're the top, top team, you probably want to try to take your chances because he's going to put up points for you. But like if you get knocked out at some point or you're, you anticipate, you know, getting out of the playoffs, then you probably may want to look to trade him to, a, you know, a team that's pushing, you know, to go to the playoffs or something, you know, kind of like what we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, but, you know, if, I think at this point in the game, I think you hold on to him because that's probably the way you've built the team. And then, um, yeah, like I said, maybe like mid-season you trade him if you see a big – somebody's trying to make a big, big push to win it all. Yeah. All right. I mean, enough with Tom Brady. I'm already yeah. sick. I'm already <laughs> yeah. sick to my stomach. I agree. Let's go. Next, next subject. <laughs> this guy's such a – like he just can't get enough spotlight. Uh, enough. Enough. All right. I'm not giving him any more time. We already know he's the greatest of all time. He should have just <laughs> rode off into the sunset. But no, he's yeah. going to come back and try to win another Super Bowl just to surpass even further than anyone can possibly even attain. <laughs> when is Agreed. enough enough? When is enough enough? Agree. All right. Agree. So let's get on to number two. Now, this one, we probably don't need to spend a lot of time on this one, but it's uh, what's your take from a dynasty perspective on Mitchell Trubisky? 
going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Trubisky. Um, if you have him, it's probably you're probably pretty happy because you probably weren't really anticipating him. Um, you know, having this big offseason move. Um, maybe you did. You know, you need to plan for it, but um. You know, any starting QB, uh, I mean, if you're in a super flex, it's probably, a, you know, he's probably a decent guy to have. But, you know, standard league, you know, probably still look at him like middle of the road. He has made one pro ball or pro bowl before. He's thrown over 3,000 yards before, over 20, you know, about 24, 25 touchdowns. He's ran for like close to 200 yards before. So, I mean, he's like a mediocre guy, you know, Um but could he rejuvenate his career? I mean, was he a victim of Nagy's offense in Chicago? Possibly, um, you know, because he's got athletic ability. Um, so, you know, and the and Steelers have pretty decent, you know, pretty decent um, young group of guys from receivers, running backs. It's just their line. Like, hopefully their line improves or else, like, Trubisky will be running for his life, getting sacked all the time, and, you know, he won't be worth a whole ton but i want it i want to like trade for him you know i want to go crazy train for him um i i you know i think he's still like average overall yeah i was you, you just stole the words right out of my mouth so like from a dynasty perspective if you own them you keep them unless you get like kind of blown away right like something that you didn't expect to get for him but I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't trust Pittsburgh's offensive line. And I think Mitchell Trubisky, yes, they're better suited with him than Ben Roethlisberger only because of his, as you alluded to, his athletic ability. You know, he's he's able to move around, but he might not make a full season if that offensive line doesn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm with you on that one. And then uh, that's it. I got that's all I got for Mr. Biscay. I don't want to waste too much time on that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> let's get on to the the next one here, and this one is kind of really intriguing. So, Deshaun Watson. I guess we'll call this our quarterback friendly dynasty uh, episode, right? So, Deshaun Watson. No charges are going to be done. He's, he's going to be cleared of everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that, no less than, what, 48 hours we're saying? That news mm-hmm. comes out, and boom. You, you've got NFL team after NFL team after NFL team lining up. And this is what I hate about NFL owners. I call them out on it as much as I can. and It's like they just so – hypocritical when it comes to like the decisions they make it from a business perspective. It's just so funny. It's, it's ridiculous. So what's your take as a dynasty perspective? So I'll give you mine. You can, you can kind of bounce that off. So I think if he ends up in Atlanta, I mean, he's in a division that he could possibly put up some points, a lot of points actually, um, I think if he ends up in, in Atlanta, that's one of the better spots for him. Um, although they, they don't have Calvin Ridley for a whole right. a whole season, <laughs> but uh, they do have pits. So I think no matter where Watson goes, he'll probably be a top 
fantasy quarterback and producer. From a dynasty perspective, if you owned Watson and you held on to him and you didn't sell him cheap, because I know a lot of dynasty owners that sold him cheap, and are, are absolutely like getting ready to jump off of a bridge because <laughs> they probably are so disappointed that they did that. So what's, what's your take on an Aaron Brown? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the ruling is huge for him. I think it's, I mean, it's huge. Uh, I mean, cause I think we're all, you know, we're all kind of watching it all year long last year, like what was going to happen. Cause yeah, nobody wanted to take that big gamble on the big contract and then have them find out that he's going to sit for, you know, six games or the, you know, or however long. So, I mean, I get it from the owner's point of view where like, you don't want to make this big investment and find out you're going to lose them for a whole year. And then he's out two years, you know, for the uh, football or whatever. So um, I think this is huge for him. I mean, I'm kind of envisioning this in my brain when, you know, they Schefter mentioned the Falcons interested. I can, I can pretty much see uh, Calvin Ridley, being involved in the trade with Houston, you know, cause they're a rebuilding team. I can see Ridley going to Houston, um, Watson going over to Atlanta, and then I can see him signing my boy, uh, Will Fuller. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think it's huge for him. Like you said, I think it's, I mean, I think he come bounces back and being a, I think he's top five quarterback. Again, I'm going to be bold and say if he's going to bounce back strong, it's, it's nothing, you see that, you know, if a quarterback has a season ending is injury and then they're back the next year, um, they, they haven't, they don't usually don't lose that much of a step, but he wasn't even hurt, right? Like he still worked out all year long. He's probably like stronger. You know, a lot of times they, they get, you know, more strength in the, the workouts. It's just, he's probably got to work on a speed, but he's got, he's got speed already. So uh, maybe his quickness, you know, he's got to get used to a few things there, but I think it's huge. I think Atlanta is a good spot, good market for him. To Atlanta is a great NFL landing spot for a lot of the players. Um, so good market, good rebuilding team to you know build your team around. Um, like I said, I I I envision Ridley involved. I see some picks. I see uh, see Watson over there, and he's gonna say, "Hey, get my boy uh, Fuller a chance." <laughs> That's oh, boy, here we go, here we go. <laughs> you always find a way to sneak. Listen, Aaron, we're not talking wide receivers. <laughs> we're not talking wide receivers till next week, all right? Hey, I'm, I'm just trying, trying to call my you. shot I, here. I'm trying to I know what I'm shot. getting you. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I, I, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to get you a Will. Imagine, could you imagine if Will Fuller goes to the Chiefs? Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's right. You'd yep, be unbearable. Yep. You would be unbearable. <laughs> I'll be the first one to buy a, a Chiefs Will Fuller. You might buy season tickets, even though you live in you live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that could be. That could be. <laughs> uh, all right. So last, but I'll, I'm going to usually say last, but not least. I'm going to say last, but least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who could we possibly be talking about? Is there anyone whose stock rose so fast and then just fell off of the face of the planet? Than this individual. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and keep clue in the uh, audience from a dynasty yeah. perspective? Is there anyone whose stock could you would you remember when this individual signed where he signed? How pumped everyone was? Oh no. Oh my gosh. I mean, we had him in our in our league too. It's like I mean, I give you know, we can keep building up a little bit for the listeners. How many people can you think of that, you know, came into the league pretty pretty pumped up? Um 
went into the MVP running and then like fell off the play face of the earth and then kind of had half the league like hating on him. Like everybody, like you never hear anything good about this guy ever. And then <laughs> then he gets uh gets trade traded, right? Yeah, no, it was a trade. It wasn't a signing even. Um, but yeah, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz to Washington. Um, you know, I think whew, yeah, I don't know. It, I put him in the same boat as Trubisky. Uh, his best year, he's thrown over 3,000 yards, just like Trubisky. He's thrown for more touchdowns. He's thrown. He's actually tied um, Watson's touchdown throws in a, in a season at 33. Um, but that was that was back at his MVP running year, and he hasn't done you know repeated that since. So, um, and that's even funny after he just came from an offense of, uh, you know, with the Colts that he started with, right? Like the, the, the coach that, um, you know, kind of brought him up in, in the league and in his system he was used to. So, uh, yeah, Carson Wentz, another guy, don't, you know, don't feel too great over him. It's one of more, probably your backup QBs for the year. I mean, he could surprise. The one thing I do love out of it is I have Curtis Samuel, and the first thing he tweeted um, – after the trade was look out Curtis Samuel, he's going to get 2000 yards uh, receiving. So I was like, all right, well, I like that. He's a fan of Curtis Samuel. That's my only good news I got with that trade. Yeah. I mean, Samuel might get 2000 yards receiving, but not from crossing Wentz throwing the football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did anyone watch the Colts toward the end of the year? Like anyone. And this was this was like everyone's darling the beginning of the year, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron. Was this oh, yeah. team was this team not everyone's darling? Oh yeah, they they were your dark horse. They were, they were your team that was like a, a sleeper to possibly make a Super Bowl run. And you know, uh, they got the yeah for sure. And I forget who said it, but uh, I want to say it was Shannon Sharp, but coined it like perfectly about Wentz. How do you struggle winning big games down the down the stretch when you've got a top five offensive line in the league? You have the league's number one running back, and you have a top fifteen defense overall in the league. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know about Carson Wentz. Right? Didn't that's he go all to, you need to know. <laughs> didn't he go to a Division two school? He did, okay. but I mean that, that 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 sums it up. You can't win games, big games, important games down the stretch. And the head coach over there, Frank Reich, basically said, "We're going to ship you out to Washington." Yeah, pretty. That, I mean, yeah, that, they got they got some major. I mean, that was a huge disappointment organization. If you're a fan, you know that was like. Oh, all we gotta do is win, and we're in. Beat the Jaguars, <laughs> the worst, worst team in football. We got beat. All right, and then we're in the playoffs, and couldn't do that. Couldn't and, do it. Uh, and they yeah. lost. They lost more key games down the stretch. Their last five games, they mm-hmm. played like garbage. Right. And and Wentz is a big part of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it. I I have like a little theory over like some. You know, some quarterbacks in the league that's coming back, coming up from these, you know, really small schools. I'm not saying like bad schools, but um, really small schools. Like sometimes the moment gets too big. You see that with Wentz. He makes really dumb 
decisions. Um, you know, he probably has so much of that background in his in his past to say, hey, I'm just gonna out out more athletic than everyone and make this crazy play, but that doesn't work in the NFL. Um, yeah. you know, it kind of takes kind of the middle of the road. I really like, you know, like the middle of the road colleges. They're not a huge, you know, a, a powerhouse school, but the quarterback is the one that led them to be a top 25 team. I think that's a difference between a small school and then like going crazy. So think people like Trey Lance, you know, Mark Willis, those guys, I'm not saying they're not going to be good, but you got to watch out for that stuff. I mean, for the organization, fantasy is a different story, right? But if you're looking for a quarterback to lead your team and organization, I think you got to look at that stuff, like those big moments. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. I think that plays a part to his uh, decision making on the field. Yep, I agree. I agree, and I think from a dynasty perspective, you know, you gotta. It, it depends on the type of league you're in. Because if you're in just like one quarterback league, you know, in a superflex league, then yeah, you can ride with Wentz um, as your backup quarterback, right? Because you're only really gonna need him one week, right? So like. My strategy in that perspective is like, hey, if you've got a good young starting quarterback and you've got some draft capital, then you can go ahead and like roll the dice on some quarterbacks coming out the next couple of drafts mm-hmm. that will that will replace Wentz, right? So let's say you got a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes in your dynasty and it's a standard dynasty one quarterback league, then yeah, I, I think you're okay with Wentz on your bench for now. Right, but then you you go ahead and you you draft a Willis, you know you draft a Zach Wilson last year, and you keep Wentz there in case those guys flame out and you need a guy for a one week replacement. Like, I think that's kind of where Wentz is. Yeah, you know, I I think that's kind of where Wentz is. Like, that's where he's at. I agree with you. I mean, I think I think you hit it right on the head. You know, fantasy wise. Now, however. DraftKings wise, I kind of love Wentz. I love Wentz sometimes the DraftKings wise. Um, because if he has like a lame game one week before and it's just like, let's say now, you know, last year was Jonathan Taylor, like once goes off and have like has like three touchdowns, right? Um, or now next year with like Antonio Gibson is if you know, if the rushing game is huge and then he has like, I don't know, hundred yards, no touchdowns, his price is gonna drop. And if you got the right matchup he may be a perfect play to get a cheap quarterback in the next week. So it's something that's going to be fun to maybe talk about. I may bring up his name at some points next year as a really cheap quarterback option. That, however, I may like uh, throwing Wentz in here and there. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing, too, that's scary for Wentz is, I mean, he's got Heineke, like, breathing down his neck. Right. Right? I mean, Heineke didn't play that bad. No. <laughs> so, like – Wentz, I think, is going to go in there. Like, I think we've, we can at this point say he's got to be mentally fragile at this point. Yeah. You've, you've now got traded out of a very good situation in a winnable, winnable division. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. And, and you're in a very good situation in a winnable division with the best running back in the league. Uh, I think the pro football focus has the Colts as the third best offensive line unit in the league. Yeah. And you're now going to Washington where 
you've got to deal with the Dallas Cowboys who are head and shoulders better than everyone else in that division. And now he's got to play Philadelphia twice. Right. Like, I'm and and you got Taylor Heineke breathing down your neck. Yeah. It's a nightmare. So I think, I think if it's a dynasty standard and we'll end on this, I guess if it's a dynasty standard, and you've got a Zach Wilson, then you're okay. You 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 put Wentz in there as your third quarterback option. Wilson flames out. All right, you got Wentz for a bye week replacement if Josh Allen's gonna buy or Mahomes is gonna buy, then you're okay. But if you're one of those guys who likes to do the uh quarterback round robin rotation, because some guys do do that, you don't want Wentz to be in that rotation. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. lose you're gonna lose more games than you win. Right. right, and if you're in a super flex league, you better hope that Carson wins. This is not your second quarterback. Yeah, because uh, if you're in a super flex league, and we can we see it in our league right now, like the top three, four teams in our league are double quarterback heavy, and, it, and that's just the way it is set up for super flex, right? So that's my take on Wentz. That's my final word on Wentz. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, we'll definitely, we'll definitely see, we'll see how, you know, more of the off season, how it rolls out. Like I said, I like, I'm a big Curtis Samuel fan now. Like I said, he had a whole year to kind of, <laughs> you know, everybody to forget about him. So I'll, that's a guy I'll, I'll throw out there as a name to, to watch. Um, he's a guy, may, maybe make a trade for, you. might get him cheap. So next next week we'll give the the, the the fans a little preview. We're gonna go into running backs and wideouts because there's a lot of. I know people are like, hey, there was more things on the wire, and we get that. But you know, we're trying to keep ourselves to within that hour time frame. So next week we'll be hitting all the free agent trade talk with running backs and wide receivers in the NFL. Um, for next week, Aaron, you got any hot takes? Uh, I think I said it early in the show that I think Watson comes back strong, 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 and he's a top five uh, fantasy quarterback next year. Okay. And my hot take is uh, Wentz gets embarrassed playing the Eagles the first time he plays them and then gets benched for Heineke going forward for the rest of the year. (laughs) All right. All right. I like that. (laughs) That's where I'm going. All right. Take it easy. Peace.